Alright y'all, this is it. We are finally kicking this thing into full gear. We have a very special guest for you today that is going to give you an incredibly valuable and unique perspective on millennial solo traveling. Please forgive the background noise as we're sitting on the front porch of our bungalows in the middle of the jungle. But with that being said, there was no shortage of dogs, bugs, construction, anything that was more than happy to fuck with us during this podcast. Anyways, sit back, relax, and enjoy. You guys are in for a treat. This is the Talk Travel to Me podcast. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Talk Travel to Me podcast. I am currently in El Nido, the Philippines. It is a small island off of the coast of Manila. I am with my boy, Connor Everingham, and our newfound friend and guest for today's podcast, Mr. Joe. Joe Hewitt. Nice, Joe, nice to be here. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Um, it's a brilliant evening. Good view, good food, good drinks, good people. Couldn't really ask for too much else. Fuck yeah. What about you, Connor? How are you? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm chilling, drinking, enjoying the night. We've I, had agree a, with, I agree with Joe over here. We've had a big day, so it's nice to sort of chill out and uh, relax. Super fucking intense day today. <laughs> so, we climbed to the top of Taro Cliff, uh-huh. which is this thing you're supposed to do in El Nido. Not sure how many people do it. I'm not sure if you're holy supposed to do yeah. it anymore. I think it was something you were supposed to do, and now, since everyone started dying on it, I think. That shit was so intense you, you get like five steps up and you're like I, I see why people die here like this this shit's this unforgiving well honestly if they fell one time oh my god you're those fucked rocks you're so fucked kill you they, okay, if you guys- slipped and just like <laughs> did a little hit on your leg or something you're I was saying that there is not a single forgiving spot on no. the way up. Or there's no. nowhere you could fall and be and no. be okay. Like even if you fall into the rock, you're getting cut. And if you fall down the rock, you're a getting cut. A couple times, I was like, ah, slip. Let me grab this rock real quick. Damn <laughs> my fucking hand. Oh my yeah. gosh, this is horrible. I know. I was the first. Connor was the first to draw blood. <laughs> right after saying, I wonder which yeah. one of you, which one of you two fucking idiots is going to be the first <laughs> one to get cut, and then it's like five minutes <laughs> later. Yeah. Oh, I don't even I was think wrong. it was five minutes. I'm sorry. I don't think it was five minutes. <laughs> and then the fact that the Filipino guys... They're all wearing sandals. Just wear flip-flops, yeah, thong right. sandals. I've, I've said this before. Anything you can do, a Filipino can do in, in, in flip-flops, one-handed on a moped. Like every <laughs> fucking time. Okay, so before we get too much into this, uh, I obviously want the people to know a little bit about you. So, Joe Hewitt covered that. Tell me where you're from, age, and just like quick, just quick background on you. Synopsis. How did I get here? Just I ask myself that every day. <laughs> so I am 19. I'm from the United Kingdom in the southwest. And I am four months into solo traveling 
the world, four continents of the world. I'm doing Europe, Southeast Asia, Oceania, and North America. And I'm going to save the other the other three for another trip. Um, I started in Europe. I did eight or so countries there. Travelled through Asia for three months, and now I'm just about to fly to. Singapore to get a connection to Australia and start a new adventure there. So I'm going to Australia, New Zealand, and, and um, North America. So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. Fuck yeah, um, man. So so you just recently graduated high school then? I just graduated high school, so I left year okay. thirteen in England. I left in June, and it's now uh, January. So year thirteen. Six, what does that months. mean? So you do in in England, you do school up to grade 11 and then you do okay. sick form or college which is two extra years okay. which is like you know your last two years of high school um and yeah so it's year 13 it's grade 13 uh, the equivalent i'm not sure what your grades go okay. up to yeah we go up to 12th grade okay so we got to grade 13 so it's, okay. it's the same thing uh, and i'm going to university next year so i'm going to gap year at the moment i i've on, uh, opted to take a, a year out of school because i knew that i was never going to get the opportunity to take 12 months off Let's, have. let's talk about that the gap year thing real quick because mm-hmm. that is not a real thing in the U.S. People no. are like, gap year? I can't take two <laughs> fucking weeks off for vacation. Well, yeah, I couldn't they, ever take a year off. Well, it's either that or they lose scholarships that yeah, they built sure. up and things like that. So in, in the United States, it's like we have an entire culture built around yeah. workaholics. Getting and they're rewarded university. Yeah, I mean, instead of... I'm not sure how I feel about that because I feel like the the ability to come and do something like this, like taking a year out, is so advantageous for everybody. Like the the, the employers, the yeah. the government, the I don't know, man. I just feel like it should be something that's that if you if you've got that that culture of, of workaholics, then well, it's I don't not know. like it's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> no. You know, we agree with you guys. I mean, all especially in more of like the millennial generation, mm. a oh, lot yeah. of us in the United States understand that there's a ton of benefits to doing it, yeah. but there's this huge mold that has to be broken because our society doesn't support that. Why do you think your society doesn't support that? Uh, because they give all types of incentives to not do it, and they don't support you. Like I was saying, it could be scholarships. Mm. It could be the fact that you're, you're wanting to go out and do something, mm-hmm. and people are wanting you to figure it out quick. I don't know if that changes across from the UK to the US, but it does. I mean, like working hours, once you're actually in a job, mm-hmm. they w- will actually pay you more to stay rather than go. Yeah. Like you can yeah. take cash outs on your PTOs. I mean, pretty much anything they can do to keep you around and then when you go to use it, they make it hard. I think I think we potentially have a more forgiving culture in the UK. I said to my employer- Oh, without a doubt. I said to my employer when I, I so I got a job out of um, high school in, software development and I said that I'm joining you and in two months I'm flying out for six months and they just they took they were like that's fine yeah, that's okay like, I know that you just come for us to two, come with us for two months and then we'll see where it goes from there so I did my two months with them I'm gonna fly back and see see how that goes and I don't know they just they was they were super chill with it and I, I I'm not sure what it is about my country and your country or what the difference is I actually talked about this on the last podcast that I did just the idea of going out and traveling, taking some time off work, and how people in America view what's going to happen when they get back. And I really, I kind of just spoke about, like, 
everybody thinks you can't take time off of work in the U.S. because if you come back, people are going to see that gap in your resume and they're going to be like, hey, what, what happened here? Why, mm-hmm. why were you gone? What were you doing? Oh, you know, we found somebody else. You're not qualified mm-hmm. now. But or to be honest, I think it's potentially the same in the U.K., but it's just different for me because I'm before university and like, no one's going to ask me, like, what's that gap between 18 and 19? Like, yeah. No one gives a, no one gives a fuck. I, yeah, but like if I'd done this shit after university, so I left university and then I'd gone and, and said I'm going to take a year out to travel the world, that's when people are going to start asking questions. But that's when it's more difficult. You have, you have student loans to pay off, you have a house, fucking car, wife, yeah, kit, whatever it is, you have yeah. responsibilities and you have to get into work and stuff and that's what the problem is, I think. In um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a bigger issue than you guys, are, you guys think it is in the UK. Yeah. I think we don't do it yeah. as much as I you, don't think you people think. I'm not trying to downplay that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people realize, though, like, if you take time off, most people aren't doing jobs that they really want to do. We can agree on that, right? Sure. So, if you stop working at a job, and you go and you travel, and you come back and you go to get a new job, if they say anything, it's probably going to be something positive. Hey, why did you have this three-month gap? I mean, realistically, they're not going to ask you why you didn't have a three-month gap. You could have easily been... A bum for three months. They're not, they're, hey, why'd you not work for six <laughs> weeks? It's just like, nobody's going to ask you that. No. But if you took a three-month, a six-month leave or something, yeah. and they happen to ask you, and you're like, hey, I was, you know, 25 years old. I got to a point in my life where I'm like, I haven't seen much of the world, and I wanted to go travel. I did a bunch of that stuff. I grew as a person. Mm-hmm. I came back. I'm ready to work now. Ooh. They're not going to be like, why did you do that? They're going to look at you and be like, holy shit, that's awesome. I yeah. wish I could do that. People are going to be envious of you. They're oh. not going to But I don't know, I don't know the extent to which they're going to say, if they, if they compare two people that are both exactly like 25 years old and one of them's just taken 12 months out and one of them's just been, let's say, say on software development, which mm-hmm. is what it, they've just been working for a firm for 12 months. That person's got an extra year experience in an industry and you've got a year traveling and it's like of life experience yeah, yeah but like so again, to what extent is life experience more valuable than than programming experience and that's probably <laughs> the key problem with people I, it's I, like I guess you, you in the grand it. scheme of things life experience is going to be more beneficial sure but I, again in, in like, the grand you, scheme what are you like doing it for computer could be different though. yeah I don't know though it's regardless it's crazy a lot of people your age are not doing this mm. You know, like there's a hundred people in my school year. Guess how many of them took gap year? There's a hundred people in your graduating class. S- Hold on, you get year to choose. 13, yeah. You get to choose if you take a gap. Yeah. You either say I want to start university this year, next year, or never. And I chose not this year, next year. N- so guess a hundred people. How many started their gap year? Bearing in mind, like ninety of them went to university, ten of them didn't. How many of those ninety do you think took a gap year? Uh, took a traveling year. Took a year around the world. How many? I would say. Two. Exactly where you're from, <laughs> man. Yeah, I would say under ten. Right. It was one, and it, it was, was me. Yeah. So it was ninety people. Like, so some of them didn't go to university. Some were doing like apprenticeships and stuff. Some of them, but not like a lot of them went to university. And then there's one person taking up here, and that's me. And I've, I just that upsets me every time. The experience that I've had, the things that I've done, the things I've seen. It's like eighty-nine people aren't like could have had this opportunity, and they've gone to university. And I'd say like 
50% of them didn't want to do the course that they got into. They just, they Whoa. were just like, fuck, I have to go to university <laughs> they now. They thought that was next. They were just well, like, a lot of them did. A lot of them were like, I'm going to do this course and I want to do this course and I'm getting it this year and I'm going to bang it out and I'm going to do it yeah. and I'll travel after. And that's, yeah. that's great if you're in, that but like, happens. I mean, that's a different argument. But like, for me, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, exactly which place I wanted to go. And I still decided to take a gap year and I just don't understand why more people in both camps in the ones that didn't know and the ones that didn't know I don't know why I literally don't know why okay so no idea. let's talk about so you're 19 now mm-hmm. when did you turn 19 three months ago three months ago two months okay. ago two months. so were you 19 before you started traveling? no I started traveling when I was 18 18 okay I started so Europe. Europe was a nice begin begin Jesus huge fucking moth just landed right on the mic oh, that's welcome to welcome albino to. moth what up well you what also up, Philippines you said you might have been traveling on your birthday, but you said you've been saving. No, no. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to kind of mm. talk about is how, as an 18-year-old, you obviously, you mentioned this before, that you had an idea for a long time, since you were, like, seven or eight, mm-hmm. that you wanted to travel. So, I, like, that is, that is one of the reasons a lot of people are saying I don't have the money, and I did have the money because I've known I wanted to do this since I was very little. Um, my f- father did it originally. He did it for a couple of years backpacks around the world and obviously you grow up he's never shut up about it you know always telling stories always talking about uh, this and that and so it's, it's been in my head for a very long time and so I decided when I was very little when my two older brothers did it so I've known I wanted to do it and I've always been saving and it's always been my goal for the last 10 years but even if it hasn't been even if I didn't know that I could have left year 13 worked for three months at minimum wage and made three thousand pounds minimum wage maybe more if I tried harder and got like two jobs and I could have travelled Asia for four months I've only been in Asia near coming up to three months I've had a fantastic like an incredible time I could have just in in that three months after school I could have got enough money to do what I've done already I wouldn't be able to do North America Australia New Zealand like I'm about to the more expensive places that's all come from when I was a a kid working since I was I think I got my first job when I was 15 I worked all throughout school saved 95% of it Um, so that's that's the reason I can do those countries but with Asia this shit's so cheap like all of my friends could have done it like every single one of them if they wanted to even if they started with zero pounds in their bank account they could have done it and again and again not to not to like downplay how much you saved or anything but you mentioned this earlier I I had imagined in my head like man he probably saved all of this money like a ton of this money realistically I mean you said you had about 15,000 pounds no 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 I have this whole trip is going to cost me about uh, 10 to 12,000 pounds okay mm, so 12,000 pounds 15,000 dollars 15, 15, okay that's what it was 15,000 dollars so realistically with people paying their bills and stuff like you said you could do that type of savings in you know over a period of a year or two for anyone older than me that's actually got a real fucking yeah like, a job that job, pays like, that's <laughs> in mind a first student though like that is a lot of money no but, it definitely is like they could still make three th- like I've my average for the last three months has been a thousand pounds a month having like an incredible time like, I haven't been skimping on anything if I want to have a nice meal I have a nice meal if I want to go do an excursion I do it like a thousand pounds a month in Asia is fucking fuck like enough yeah, and you like all over. they could have they could have they they could have done that like not a problem so it, it always gets it always gets me I ask my friends and they're like you know why don't you just look at Instagram photos the same thing <laughs> why don't you just look at Instagram <laughs> shit like photos? that like, yeah. you know, I've had that I've had people say that and it's you like, guys can just look at my Instagram photos <laughs> that's what I tell them yeah. I just be like hey 
I looked at the photos. Be, I got yeah. inspired, inspired, yeah. and yeah. now I'm gonna go let you guys look at my I'm, photos. I'm here in El Nido because of an Instagram post. So like, I can't downplay it, but like, you know, yeah, you no. gotta, you gotta come to it. You can't always just look at the photos. You have to come and see it because we're here because of YouTube videos. <sighs> I mean, just I'm, looking stuff up, and I'm like, these places look insane we have to go there we have to put them on the list and again most people don't realize especially with southeast asia mm-hmm. how inexpensive it could be yeah. um, like if you really try hard enough you could do this for like maybe half the price that i've done it for like oh if yeah you, if you're drinking oh, just water doubt. just water like if you're really budget traveling like that's less fun for me but like I don't know. Like well, you can make it so accessible. A nice place. Like, yeah. For being yeah. here in Elmido, yeah. like our view is better than. I mean, it's hard to get to. Uh huh. It's not an easy task to get up here. Like that's what I'm saying. But I'm staying view, here. This place right. is like. This is a really nice place with an amazing view out over the bay. Like, if I was, if I wanted to save and like do six months in Asia, I could do it for the same price as I've done the last three. But I know oh, yeah. I have to be home at a certain date, so I have no problem with just blowing this money. Um, because, like, you know, even if I get back down to zero pounds by the time I get home, I'm still in the same place as 90% of my year. You know? Yeah. Like with most, all, all of my friends have no money, too, so it's like... With a I'll ton be, of you know, life experience and yeah. all these, I have you know, no new friends and exactly. memories, and you're going to be a better person when you get back than when you left. Like, the amount of... Dude, the amount of people that I've met and the amount of friends that I'll take home, like, I have no questions about spending a few a few a little bit of my money like yeah. coming here and, and getting in this lodge like I've lodged next to you guys and you know even going friends. into a little bit of debt like uh-huh. again at the end of the day I think creating those life experiences is worth it mm-hmm. and 100%. I have stories I have stories I will tell the same way my father told me stories when I was little I have stories that I will tell people for the rest of my life coming out of these last three months like stories yep. that are just Fucking insane! Like, and you got another five months ahead of you, exactly. so I'm sure the stories will just—they're gonna pile get even on. better. Like, I'm, you know, and now they're gonna get. I'm gonna go to the expensive countries where I have to start doing stuff a little bit, yeah, for a little bit less money, which is always when the exciting stuff happens when you're sleeping in train stations and you're yeah. hitchhiking and you're. But people, I'm telling you, people love British people in the U.S., especially <laughs> yeah. along the West Coast. And that's it's where I'm going. The accent—they'll yeah. just—they'll love the accent. They'll want to be friends right my, away. My dad told me when he did it, he strapped a Union Jack to his back, you know, the flag. Yeah. Uh, the big blue and blue red and white flag put that shit on his back and people just picking him up like instantly hey place. buddy hopefully, hopefully hardly ab- or What's up, like dude? definitely avoid the uh, confederate flag though. <laughs> yeah that's not one that you'll get I'll try unless you're traveling through the south you're yeah, gonna get that, all the rides that I'll, doesn't I'll, hit hard in the west coast <laughs> I will try and not get those two mixed yeah. up but I feel like I've lived there like, long enough to know if your flag is every color yeah You'll get picked up for yeah. sure. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, those, uh, that northern part of California up into uh, Portland and Seattle. You'll get you some will, free rides. You'll have some friends. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, I'm friends. super excited. I'm thinking about, I th- think by the time I get there, I will be quite low on funds. So that's going to be a hitchhiking part potentially up to Alaska. Um, well, I won't hitchhike up to Alaska, but I'll up to, up to Vancouver. I'll try and potentially hitchhike that. So it's going to be probably one of the most exciting parts in America. Um but of my trip, like you know, LA up to up to up to Vancouver. Yeah, that's gonna be. We told you before we did yeah. that drive up the coast a, a couple car? times. Yeah, yeah we did it in a big van. Yeah. So we got like twelve people. We all oh, loaded shit, into a van. So fucking And we cool. did up the coast. We you know slept in the van. Uh, Everyone slept so. in the van. You have tents yeah. and stuff. Or 
No, no. we just, everybody <laughs> <everybody's> <laughs> sleeping in the van. We would switch drivers and shit. People yeah. would just sleep. Fun. Was it was it a good experience? Oh, it was a fucking yeah. incredible experience. And for amazing. the most part, it was a lot of our friends' first like kind yeah. of trip, and so. First road trips, yeah. for sure. That Definitely first road trips, but a lot and of like, people just first, all, like, all big deal trip. Really, like, good people, genuine people, because when you get a big yeah. group like that together and everyone's just a fucking good yeah. person, that's what that's yep. what traveling's about. Yeah. That's usually what we try and yeah, uh, yeah, track. Yeah, like, handpick, uh, like, a yeah. group of people. Yeah, we're not just like, who wants to go? <laughs> yeah. like, no, I mean, uh, sometimes that's how it works. You post yeah. that shit on Facebook and you get, like, four random people in the car and it's like, all right, yeah. got to try and, and hope these people are, you know people are okay. And that being said, too, if there's anybody that's, like, listening to this podcast or any friends that we know that are going to be in those areas or live in those areas, we should, like, totally link up. Yeah, for sure. Help like, you out. A hundred percent. If and you, anyone, anyone that you guys consider to be a, a, an amazing friend, I'm sure that I would feel the same way because, yeah. you know, well, if you guys... have friends in Oregon. I've managed we, to... Yeah, we'd have to look at our shit. We've definitely got friends, though. Good shit. I'm, if you're uh, listening, hit us up. A hundred percent would be know. interested in meeting any of your friends because you guys are good people. And, um, anyone that you guys like, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. So, yeah, and I'm excited for it. I'm really like excited for it. Up to, up to Alaska is going to be the, I think, the highlight of it. Like America is going to be the fucking yeah, pinnacle. I haven't of been to Alaska yet, bro. No, but you've been up to amazing. up to Oregon and Washington and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And that's I haven't done Canada. You're going. It's going a good time of year. You're too. going through. I'm gonna. Canada. I think there's a there's a port called Port Bellingham. I think it's called. Okay. And there's a, a ferry that goes out up to oh, Anchorage. Nice. So I'll probably Fuck try yeah. and get on board that. But I, I, you know, I could easily get to like North California, Oregon, and run out of money and have to fly home. So we'll see how far I get. What was the process like for you getting? Uh, have you gone through the U.S. passport thing yet, or the uh, visa? I I'm only staying there for a short period of time, so they it's, don't require it's it negligible. For, I don't need, a, Brits, I don't need anything. You guys are basically yeah. us. Basically, you guys. I think we created like you at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's all uh, <laughs> something like that. It's all good. No, no, it's not a problem. I haven't had to get visas for. I, I'm very fortunate to come from where I come from, yeah. so I don't have to get visas for for most countries. I've had to get like two or three yeah. for my whole world trip. That's like what it is for Americans too because uh-huh. people are like, oh, it's America. <laughs> you can come here. You guys have got money. But you can come to our country. Yeah. No problems. So I yeah, know no. a lot of people have really hard times going places that are from, you know, smaller countries and stuff. I was I was bunking with a dude from Syria. Can you imagine how fucking Oh my God. People are like, yeah, nope, you can't like come in here. three countries he can yeah. get into. He was stuck in... Um, Phnom yeah. Penh in Cambodia oh, for like yeah. stuck there for like six months. <laughs> we were in this 18, 18 <laughs> man dorm. This dude's been sleeping in there for like so long, and oh, I was like, might as well just start working. There, yeah, honestly. I know. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm a good guy now, right? <laughs> for six months, like, just let me work here. Holy shit! No, he has some I'm fucking struggles. It just shows how lucky you are to be born in, yeah. in certain yeah. countries. Jeez. That is true. I see that work, like, see that walking up here, looking at the construction workers, and they're just like, yeah. if I was. They rolled the dice again, and I was born in anywhere else. So, you know, you wouldn't have had the opportunities that you have. So I think about that all the time yeah, yeah. when I listen to Joe Rogan and stuff. And uh-huh. just, he talks about how lucky you are and how easily you could be mm-hmm. in another position. Just like you said, the roll of a dice, you could have got a different hand of cards. Mm-hmm. We're walking through, there's multiple times we've been walking through El Nido or when we were walking through Manila. I'm just like, these people are so poor, mm-hmm. it is... Mm-hmm. Amazing, and to, yet to get they up to the, seem to be happy, and I mean they have basically nothing. Mm-hmm. And to get up to the mountain, you have to walk through that little ghetto bit, 
Yeah, yeah. at the foot of the mountain, there's like a, not a favela, but like yeah. a little sort of shacks and stuff yeah. with little, little, little alleyways. And um, you see these, you just look into, like, peer into their windows or something, and you're just seeing, like, families, like, huge families living yeah. in one room and, like, showering out of, like, a, a, a little fucking bucket, bucket and eating God knows fucking what. And it just makes you think, like, as, yeah, I mean... Again, that's where kind of travel comes into play, not only to experience those type of things, but you have the ability to do something like mm-hmm. that, and you're not doing it. Uh-huh. I guarantee you, if these people could go other places and experience other things, they probably don't even dream. Yeah, I was gonna say they, they probably, probably don't, don't even, even dream about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The amount of like the amount of people I've met, like at hostels and things, the, the the native staff that like they're in a good job. They're working a hostel, like they're they're on the front yeah. desk. They're making good money for where they for where they work and even they can't get out like they've not been to I've just been oh yeah I was just in Siem Reap I was just in Phnom Penh I was just in you know Chiang Mai they're and they're like the city. they're like dude I'm, I fucking love to go to Chiang Mai I'm like I, I've been to more places in your country than you like and it just makes me think like holy shit we're so lucky like these bugs are getting aggressive <laughs> and chill yeah, my god you need to get that hoodie on dude we are outside right now recording <laughs> this out on our little patio and fucking kamikaze bugs are coming at us hard right now. Anyways, it makes you uh, makes you when you go home. I think it'll make you more more um, feel more like grateful for yeah. what yeah, you have. I think when I when I left, like some of the shit you see out here, I didn't even know that was like fifty people clammed like on top of a bus like driving. That shit doesn't happen. Oh, like yeah. you don't know anything about you I, see I, eight I knew people on a scooter and you're just like <laughs> what? With like thirty bamboo sticks yeah, and I was gonna say sixteen they bags taken. of ice and yeah. you're just like I knew nothing I knew nothing about the about anything before I, was, I left. When I was getting our excursion thing set up for tomorrow yeah. down at the beach, they were carrying a fridge on a motorcycle. <laughs> they had a fridge my favorite, on a motorcycle. My favorite was in Siggy Hall. This is like, there was a, an adult driving, two kids in the footwell, and an adult on the back holding a goat, like a big old fucking <laughs> oh, goat. Jesus. This thing's still alive, right? It's like wriggling about. And like, Jesus Christ. That's like the chest mount we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a chest mount for my GoPro. He's got a chest mount of for his, gasoline. He's got like a fucking... <laughs> that dude's got a goat. <laughs> chest mount and goat. Oh. So. We all have our own setup. Yeah, but it's, it's really good to see. This shit, like it yeah. just happens. This is what most people live through. This is what like ninety percent of the world, of eighty percent of the population yeah. sees. So it's just cool. So, you said you've been going for a couple months now. Where did you start? Uh, I flew into Austria, Austria, uh huh, and then I did Slovenia, Croatia, Hungary, um, Germany, Br- uh, Belgium. Netherlands. Shit, I didn't know you did part of Europe. Too. I did. I did quite a fair bit of Europe. I've done all of. I've done lots of Western Europe. So I did a little bit more Eastern Europe, and then the next time I'll do like real Eastern Europe. But I wanted to do like Central this Jesus. time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Were you flying or taking trains? Oh, Should I kill it? That would blast on your pants. Just uh, shoot it off. Just really do. Anyway, uh, I was trying. I was doing tra- interrailing. Welcome Europe. to the jungle, people. <laughs> Shit landing on me that I don't want. I don't want <laughs> anyone near me. I was taking trains in Europe, so you, you get a yeah. train pass. Yeah, yeah the Euro rail. Yes, hundred euros or whatever, yeah. or two hundred euros, and that shit gets you on any yeah. train. Yep. We did that same thing in uh, March. No, no, this no, past yeah. March. Oh yeah, you've, you've yep. done it. Yeah. yeah. 
It was awesome. It's a really good experience. It's really for it. cool. It's a really good intro to because it's the first world. You've always got phone signal. You've always got. You're always able to speak to people. Everyone in Europe speaks English. Well, they're it's all a, smart. And everyone's like, you know, it's it's very safe. You can be out at night. Like the amount of times I found myself like walking places, hitchhiking places, like one, two, three in the morning, and just lovely people would pick me up. Like. I've, I've, yeah. Everybody at least has a high school education, yeah. so you like can you can always talk to people, and it's such a good place to start. But it is expensive. That's like one of the most. I was paying s- disgusting amounts of money in yeah. Europe. Yeah, Western Europe is more expensive than you have Eastern Europe, which is cheaper than you have. But do you, you think you would have done Asia as your first place, like? Cause I did Europe as my first place. But I did like, would you weeks. ever do Asia as your first place, or do you think you need that like um, that uh, experience? No, I would do Asia. Asia was higher on my list as than your Europe. first ever con- like at first ever place traveling. That was mine. Yeah. Yeah. The first yeah. place he went to was oh, Bali. Indonesia was my first. <laughs> 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 Way too fucking These big, bro. Wild, bro. These bugs. Are- All right. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the exterminator had to come through. We had to shut this overhead light off. These bugs were, I think, trying to murder Joe. <laughs> uh, they don't care so much for Connor or myself, but Joe obviously has <laughs> got the goods. They didn't know, they didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, next topic, go on, bro, come on. Shut the fuck up. Kamikaze. <laughs> if I fly right into his mouth, he'll shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Uh, Okay, so you you did the Europe thing. Uh, Started in Asia. Yep, you've you've done a couple months so far. I'm sure you've got some. I'm sure you've got some crazy stories thus far. I yeah, dude. Like I've done. Lay some shit on us. Every fucking place I've been to, I have some some like, you, you, a lot of stuff. You, I don't know. Like every place I've been to, I've just done some wild shit that you would never expect. Like back home, like stuff that. The, Stuff that would just never happen. Like the first fucking thing I did was went up to Chiang Mai and I walked into my like one of my first ever hostels and there's like four other backpackers and I'm like, does anyone want to anyone want to go on a motorbike loop? And I was obviously you know I want to do some adventurous stuff. I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was like, go never on a driven bike loop. Yeah, like a big loop around northern Thailand. And I was like, I never met wow. these guys. I'd never been on a motorbike before. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And like two hours later. I'm buying a motorbike, and they're all like, you can drive a motorbike. I'm like, yeah, of course I can drive a fucking motorbike. Who do you think I am? And then, like, we, we set off, and I'm like, right, it's a semi-auto, and I'm like, fucking hell. And I'm, I'm at the back. I'll, I'll lead up the back and film. And I'm yeah, just like, I guess you guys. I'm trying to work out how this gear shift work. And then, like, a thousand kilometers later, I have four, five amazing fucking friends. We've done, driven through the mountains. We've driven through, been forced off the road by trucks. We've been, you know, at cliff edges, at, at mountain peaks. We've been through... Just the most insane shit, and that was the first fucking thing I did. The very <laughs> first thing I did in Asia, and it oh, just got crazy. it just got so much better from there. Like you, I went through Cambodia, I went through Vietnam, and every single week something wild happened, like something cool. Like yeah, you, I know you, you guys were showing us the footage from Vietnam when you yeah. were, when you were doing the uh, dirt bike trek. Sure. So that was like that the the, the one in Mae Hong Son uh, in North Thailand. That gave me a bit of a, a passion for motorbike loops, so we went up to Hajang. I'm sure a bit of confidence as well. Uh, it was also confidence, so we got much bigger bikes, and we got we got manuals um, instead of little mopeds, and we got, we got actual, like, you know, dirt bikes, and um, we did, it was around a thousand Ks again around Hajang, which is one of 
to the most beautiful motorbike routes in the world. Like and for us Americans, w- what is a thousand k about? It's like six hundred and thirty k miles. I would I would put it at like six hundred and twenty five miles. It's um, but on a motorbike over. How'd your ass feel? Huh? How'd your ass feel? Oh no, it was fine. It was fine. You you long. stop like every fucking. 30 minutes to take photos because oh, the footage true. is just yeah, incredible. Yeah, the scenery was insane. Like, you have, a, you have a vertical cliff on one side, a road, and a vertical cliff on the other, and you're just driving vertical through cliff this... cliff going up, vertical <laughs> cliff going down. Driving through this valley, and it's like... It's just some of the most inc- incredible foot like scenery that I've ever seen. And it's every half an hour. Like, you're driving for four days, and if you stop it every time that someone wants to take a photo, you're never going to make it. You have to be like, we're not stopping here because I know something. Like, if you're going uphill... You don't stop because you know the view at the top is going to yeah. be better than the view at the bottom. So you just got to keep fucking driving and and, and take yeah. photos like every now and then. It's I really like if you guys are going to Vietnam. We are. I'm so not. I'm not time. letting you go until you promise you're going to do Hajang. <laughs> That's probably wild. what we should do in Vietnam. Yeah. Like. We drove. Um, we drove up from Hanoi, which was so. Basically, what happened is we um we had four days left in Vietnam, and we'd been told not to do Hajang because. There was a period of time where they were, if you didn't have an idea, an uh, international driver's license, they were confiscating your bikes um, and giving you like, massive fines because it turns out there was like TV crews in, in Hajang filming it. They were just like discovering Hajang and, and, and um, putting on TV and stuff and they wanted to seem like they were doing a really good job of, of enforcing safety and, and stopping tourists dying because there's lots of tourists die up there. Um, like lots of, I met a guy that he met two, two girls and um, he was in their dorm room and they went out that day to do Hajang, and he got to the next stop, and they died on the route. Holy um, shit! Like this, he this happened a few years ago. Real life shit. But um, anyway, so they they wanted to seem like they were doing a good job, and um, so they were confiscating bikes and stuff, and this lasted for a couple of weeks, and it scared us off. So we're like, we're not, we're not going to do it. And then we got to Hanoi again. It was like third time in Hanoi. And we got four days, and we're like, what do we want to do? And we looked at each other and like, oh, we came to Vietnam. We came to Vietnam to do Hajang. And we were just like, is this worth it? And like two hours later, we were just ragging it up from Hanoi to Hajang. It's about 300 kilometers. Um, and we were like, we, before we'd even thought about it, we were just like 100 k's an hour, like, go, 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 go. So we got up to, got up to Hajang. Next day, we started and we just, we, we did a much shorter loop. I think we did, we did three days, so like 500 kilometers instead of, um, Instead of, instead of the uh, no, no the thousand is adding on the, the route back okay. and forth to Hanoi gotcha, gotcha. so the actual loop itself was maybe only 500 kilometers okay. uh, 400, 400 500 kilometers we had to go from Hanoi up to Hajang do the loop back to Hanoi gotcha. so um, but yeah we um, got up there it's just like no police no checks nothing like we had no problem no problems at all um, it was just one of the most, most amazing experiences of my life people dying there's a lot of vertical cliffs. There's a lot of trucks that will just hoon it around the fucking corner. They don't care if there's anyone there. They drive like there's going to be no one on the road. They're coming. These big trucks are coming around the road. Like, and you hear them coming. Sometimes you can. You, they force you off the road. So you, you're off the road. But like sometimes, if you judge it wrong, or if you're in too high a gear and you're 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 on a hairpin, they they will just. I don't know. They they drive recklessly. And sometimes I think that's what gets the best of people. They don't expect it or. They end up taking a corner too wide. No, they get forced off a cliff. Like, yeah. there's a lots, lots of cliffs on the on the outside. So like, if you ever overcook it, um, too hard. There's no rail. No, there's um, there's, there's a, a, a like a concrete yeah. block that's about a foot high and about three feet wide. That's not gonna work. And then, 
a meter later, like three feet later, there's another concrete block. So there's gaps between the concrete blocks, and the concrete blocks are only a foot high. So like even if you hit one of the concrete blocks and not the gap, the you're going straight over the top. Yeah. And there's also lots of like really wonky drivers up there. Like we met, I think I showed you the footage. We met a dude passed out in the like just on the edge of the road, like lying down asleep. And yep. he'd, he'd parked up his bike, taken off his helmet, got one shoe off. And just passed the fuck out in the middle of the road, and there's, tr- <laughs> there's trucks coming past his head, like a Jesus. foot away, like one oh foot away. God. That guy's probably dead. That's no, no, no. We picked him up and we took him to the edge, oh. but there was a cliff, so it's like, where do you put him? Yeah. So we ended up um, carrying him, and we got him down to some locals, and they they went and took him to the I think the police station. But we it was Jesus. up in the Golden Triangle, so I think or like near the Golden Triangle, so it was probably a. OD or something. He was he was he was in a bad place. That's so crazy. people like that and shit like that that you see, you're driving along and it's just like someone passed out in the street or there's a fucking goat or there's a you know that's the sort of stuff could that kills anything. people. It could even be dirt. Mm-hmm. It could be like just rocks on the uh-huh. road. And a lot of people, if you don't have any riding experience either, mm-hmm. don't know that if you want to turn, mm-hmm. you need to accelerate into your turn yep. if you want more grip and if you want to make it a tighter turn but like dude you you, you underestimate you underestimate how few people ha- that do hajang have any motorbike oh, you're yeah. sat outside the just hostel like, like, just like you well i'd done a motorbike loop before okay you've i done did it before i did that? route 108 which was a thousand kilometers which is not enough experience but it was enough for me and i did the route up from okay so i admit that i'd only done a few thousand kilometers yeah. total in my life but like it was a little bit and i was on a big dirt bike like you know, this it had you know you could go over, you could fly over the the potholes and stuff, no problem. But people are doing this on a moped. They've <laughs> never got on a bike before, so they're they're on the morning of the ride. They're getting on their little moped and they're just like jolting back and forward, trying to work out how to like accelerating full throttle, releasing it, front brake, fucking endos. That's like, that's cu- scary. For and it's like you're you're looking and you're just like I'm about to do. You're about to do like 500 kilometers of one of the most dangerous routes in Vietnam. And you've never been on a bike before. <laughs> and then some of them try to get semi-autos and then they're like downshifting into one when they should be going up and they're like So that's why it, that's why people die. But if you've got a tiny bit of experience, if you've been on a bike before, you know how to gear shift, you know how to you know, clutch control, you're cornering and things, it's it's not a problem. You hear that mom? I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. You hear that mom? I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll get some practice in we'll before. We'll do lessons. We'll do lessons for Sean. Jesus. <laughs> Probably gonna contact me about this. You know what, though? You think so? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what really messes people up. That that's just like any travel experience, though. If you don't have experience doing something, don't go that far in that fast. You sometimes you that road is not a beginner road. Yeah. And it's the same thing with any place you go or anything you do. Don't get too drunk. You don't solo skydive. Before yeah. you tandem exactly, skydiving, exactly. get like, all, if you, learn if all the you lessons. really <laughs> want to do hajang, you get an easy rider. They're the locals that you sit on the back of their bike and you go around with them, and that's what lots of people did, yeah. and that's fine. Like they they take you around perfectly safe and you're good. So there's always the option yeah. for the. I'm not trying to say I'm a professional. I've only done a few k's on a bike, but like, he's I, a fucking professional. I just <laughs> I know like a little bit about you know, I know how to like gear shift and shit. Like I can enough. Yeah, enough. I know enough. enough. And it's the same thing with going on, like, these trips and doing new things. Like, at first, there's, like, a big difference between doing something for the first time yeah. and just kind of being smart about mm-hmm. it. Like, the, the, trip, we, the trip we took earlier, know? like, if there was any ego involved in that and people trying to, like, no fast climb, no guide, 
There's a good chance someone could have got hurt, but the fact we took like a we we got someone to take us the route. We were all taking it super careful, no ego, letting everything just you know it took if it takes us three hours, it takes us three hours, it takes us an hour, it takes us an hour. Like that's why it was it was okay. But it, if you try and do these things, you push them a bit, you know. That's when things can go wrong. But I don't think traveling. I have had a fuckload of near like bad near death experiences here, but like. I don't know. Like it's. I have a lot of near death experiences when I'm driving in Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess it's, it's just the same. <laughs> yeah, him on a motorcycle, me yeah. in a car. Like, again, where are you having your near death experiences? Yeah. Mm, it's just I guess you're just changing the place, right? Yeah. yeah. Again, like, when you're in foreign places and you're not as comfortable as you are at home, do less stupid shit. Mm. Yeah. Like, but then the the temptation is always there because they don't have health and safety, and you're like, wait, I can climb that, or like. You're going to take me... Well, they don't have health and safety, but think about if you did fall, yeah. what hospital are you going to? Yeah. What insurance do you have? Who's exactly. working on your arm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ended up this in... This guy's like, I did this on a dog. I was in hospital in Chagall. A dude came in, like, this fucking one room, like, dingy, like, this, this is not the hospital you want to be in, and this dude comes in with a monkey bite on his arm, and they're cleaning him, they're a coming monkey into me, bite on his <laughs> arm. and they're sticking needles into me, and I'm like, right, <laughs> who sterilized these needles? Oh my god. I don't know what the fuck I'm here, like, and I What'd you have to get stabbed with needles for? I got, speaking about being a professional on a motorbike, I got an exhaust burn on a, it was a, it was a, ah. I got a road bike. And, oh, um, is that what was on the inside of your? Yes. Um, so I got my first, like I got my first like road bike, and it didn't, that didn't have a, yeah. didn't have a cover on the exhaust. I don't know why it didn't have a cover on the exhaust, but I didn't realize it until I wrapped my legs around it, and Mother. that shit got so it, it um, blew Singed up. That shit. It um like blistered up and then popped oh, yeah. and then got infected, oh, and um shit. they they looked at me and they were like, you need. They gave me a drip of antibiotics and then they gave me a course of antibiotics. It's actually a funny story because. I had lost my bank card a few days ago, and the amount of money that I brought with me for that island, this is like a really remote island, uh-huh. uh, there's no, it's not a really remote island, but it's, it's one of them, it's the most furthest east island in the Philippines, and um, there's not much in terms of, if you don't have a bank, there's an ATM, but if you don't have a bank card, like, what are you going to do? No one has, like there's, no, like, there's no modern ways of getting money, you have a bank card or nothing. If you don't have a bank card, you're, you're a little bit stuck, so I, I brought just enough money to last me, and... Um, the amount of money they asked for was like 7,000 pesos, which was the amount of money I had on me. So I gave them the 7,000 pesos. I now have zero, I've just got to this island. I have zero money, zero friends, like I haven't met anyone, and I have no way to, like, no way to pay for my accommodation or food or anything, and I'm sat there, and I'm, I'm in my apartment. I had, one, I had one night's accommodation paid for, and I was just like... And that mm. happened the first... Uh, yeah, yeah, and I was just Jesus. like, I was because I went surfing, because the reason people go to chug out is to go yeah. surfing, and I got out of the water, I looked at my calf, and like, the whole scab had come off, and this thing was just red for like, a big circle of raw red oh. around this infected cut, and I was like, I need to go to the hospital, so I went there, and they charged me all of my money, all of my money, and I, uh, I had no friends, no accommodation, nothing, and this was like, one of the, one of the, one of the most... Because if the fever kicks in from the infection, then you're ill. You have nowhere to stay. You're sleeping in a sleeping bag somewhere. You you know on a beach somewhere with no money and no food. And it's like this this, this is a bad position to be in. So luckily, I went to a bar that night just to drown my sorrows. And I um I had like a couple a hundred pesos, a couple hundred pesos left. And um I ended up 
these guys came up to me. It's a group of people, and they came up to me and they said, you know, like they asked me who I was, and I went and spoke to them, and one of them spoke German, and we were speaking German together, and then. Oh, you speak German? Uh huh. And they said to me, nice. uh, oh, like, where are you staying? They, they, one of them came up to me and said, oh, I really like you. Like, you, you, seem, you seem like an okay guy. Like, you want to come dance with us? And we danced together. It was like four of four people. And they were dancing with their tops off and stuff. And I'm like, this is like a fucking group of crazy people. And I, um, they were like, do you want to come, come stay with us? And I'm like, I don't really have a choice, but yeah. I, would, I would love to. I ended up going to stay with them. They let me into the house. They lent me money. They cooked me food every single day for free. They, I slept on their floor with my sleeping bag and I got through that whole week and I swear to God that was probably the best week of my life. Like I, I, I had so much fun with these people. And it just shows you when you're traveling like you can be in a bad, bad place. Like you can be in a, having a real fucking bad time and then you meet some amazing people and your whole world just flips upside down in 30 seconds and I just don't know when that happens back in, back in the yeah. UK. Uh, people like, gotta understand like when you're traveling especially for as long as someone like you is has been traveling and is going to be traveling, crazy shit's going to happen. Mm. Bad shit's going to happen. But that was bad shit. And yeah. that flipped into amazing But you can't let it mm. just continue to snowball into worse shit. You have to realize, like, yo, I'm doing all of this stuff halfway around mm. the world in another country, wherever I am. Bad shit's going mm-hmm. to happen. Bad shit happens back at home. Mm-hmm. But, you know. You have to just deal with it. Yeah. Know? Turn it. I and mean, like, again. I, gonna, t- I turned that. It was luck like, that yeah. they came up to me. But, like. I managed to turn... But again, you probably had a good... You know, they said they liked you, so you obviously had, you know, good energy and everything. You you weren't just sitting over there, like, being, uh, woe is me and fucking feeling bad for yourself and, you know, touching your burn and shit. They would have been like, oh, you seem like an awesome guy. Do you want to hang out with us? No. It was like, you were... In good spirits and yeah. everything, so you make you make sure you've got to you got to realize you got to you got to stay positive and and realize that like the, the challenges I think are some of the best things that happen to you because you get like that's one of the things I'll always remember getting over that challenge and like not letting it get me too badly like just thinking about it and and, and being logical about it and knowing I was going to be okay and then something good happened out of it and I think that's something I'll always take away from traveling because that stuff happens all the time like really really often like you end up in a bad position and it flips to a good one especially when you're solo with no one to rely on like yeah, you guys have yeah. got each other to rely on if you run out of money you borrow money off him if you go get ill he'll call your you know call home and yep. whatever but when you're solo that's yeah, true so that's that's one of the things I, I advocate with solo traveling you have to overcome problems on your own and then it makes you a better person so if anyone's thinking about solo traveling then uh, Joe is a huge advocate of the a solo big traveling. advocate big big advocate and then that that very thing though ties right back into one of the first things that we talked about yeah is you can't teach that to somebody that you're just giving like work experience to yeah you can't just give that to somebody and put it on their resume that's something that's going to show up in time mm-hmm. and show up in the people that really have what it takes because some of the greatest lessons in life is living the lifestyle where you understand, like, I'm going to have highs, yeah. but I'm not going to stay here. No. And my, I'm going to hit my lows, and when I hit my lows, I'm going to keep a good attitude because I'm going right back up. Sure. You know, and that that is what happens to people so that go the, out and do I, crazy shit like yeah, I think in the short term, the person that took that year of programming or whatever, they're, they're the better option. I think in the long term, when you want someone to, like, problem solve for you and to 
keep a level head. I think a little bit of life experience is potentially quite a quite an important. Yeah. Connor, this is exactly why we're such good friends because I was thinking that exact th- same thing, and I'm like, do I want to bring it all the way back around to that same point yeah. and talk about this again? I was saying, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, that because the exact point that you just made, I'm like, and that's what's going to separate the person that has traveled from uh-huh. the person that took the job right away. Because, sure, that person might be able, the person that didn't travel, that just got right into the computer programming or whatever, mm-hmm. may be able to handle computer programming issues. But when it comes to life problems, something comes up in their life that could potentially take them away from their job. They're not going to have a good, as good of a, they're not going to handle it as well, Jesus Christ, uh, as somebody that, you know, has had experiences like you just spoke about. I think I think this is quite a fitting. We got a little journal a read. Got a journal read I want to read a little tiny bit of my journal from that when bad stuff was happening to me. Um, so I wrote in my diary the very first day I got there, like just before the bad stuff happened, and I said, um, "I'm going to the beach tomorrow to check everything out. So we'll see what happens. I hope I look back in a week and see that mad shit went down. <laughs> the sixth of the first, bad." Bad shit, not mad shit. I asked for mad shit. I went to the doctor and they said all my cuts are infected. They put me on antibiotics and cleared out my cuts. I'm glad to have got it done, but they've rinsed me of all of my money. Fuck knows what I do now. Can I live for six days on the money I have? I just had... um, Blah, 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 blah. It was so worth it, but... um, I have to make friends to solve this. But this is tough. Um... Then that's the end. Wish me, I finished that diary entry off with wish me good luck. And then the next day, <laughs> 12th, the 12th of the first, six days later, life is fucking sick, man. This last <laughs> week is one of the highlights of my life. I couldn't have asked for Shagal to be anything more. I've never felt so loved or valued by a group. Alex, Safe, Nico and Jay made me a part of a family. These are the kind of people I hoped I'd find. I knew that they were out there. I moved into their one-room house and slept on their kitchen floor for four nights. Every morning Alex cooked, we explored, and then we danced into the night. The brotherhood was real. I feel like I learned so much from each person. Nico taught me so much through his positive outlook and confidence, Safe's passion for learning more about himself and the, um, the other people. Um, I, it's the same as me, and I respect that. It's so refreshing to meet people with the same outlook, and it makes you realize that I'm not a black sheep. I'm just spending too much time in the wrong field. Whew. Anyway, so that was Fire. My, that was my diary entry Fire for, for that day. Entry. You can see, you can see that I I went from a bad place and then I fucking yeah. it changed so fast. Man. So again, it's perspective on life. It's all the way that you look at things and handle situations. It's just like wow, like I said, that could have easily went, went really very bad. south, uh, exactly. very south. But exactly. you stayed positive and kept a positive outlook, and it just went well. Exactly. Okay, so, <laughs> awesome story, obviously, and I'm sure you've got many more of those in your journal, and advice to anybody that's listening that's thinking about traveling, keep yourself a journal, whether you're doing a voice journal, whether you're doing a, you know, podcast type thing, it doesn't even have to be a podcast, you can just, you know, do voice notes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so against that sort of stuff when I was at home. Well, no, not against it. It was just something I would never do. It's not in my personality. It's not something I'd want other people to know that I was doing. Or like, I felt you know, 
but now that I do it, I look back at everything that's happened, and it's just such a good, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a recollection of all the people I've met and, and all the amazing experiences I've had. And, and I wouldn't remember a lot of them if I hadn't. Like, the tiny details, the days, you know, so many little stories that I've got just locked up in there. So I love it. I love it. Definitely. I'll have to actually show you my journal after this that yeah. I brought with me. It's uh, the same company that it. gave me that travel bag. Oh, yeah? Gave it to me, so it's a, it's a pretty nice... How often nice do you write in that? I have not written it yet. I just got it from them when I got that backpack. Uh, okay. Haven't done anything. You since should write then, so. once a week. You try. I think gotcha. you should, once a week is the best time. And I sometimes you you're like, I want to write more, and sometimes you're like, I don't want to write. I will definitely start writing happen. once a week. Okay, so I got a couple questions for you before we close this whole thing out. Uh, let's see. Okay, so what's the best bit of advice you could give to someone that's looking to travel more? Or travel for the first this time. Is, this is really cliche, but just book the flight. That's all you have to do. Go on the internet right now, Skyscanner, cheapest flight, book it, and work out everything else later. Like, as soon as you have that flight, everything just clicks into place. Even if you get to the day of your flight and you have no plans, like, you'll get off that flight and you'll have no one to rely on. You're like, right, either I start, start now I get to an internet cafe, get on my phone, book a hostel, or, you know, I sleep on the street tonight. Like, you, you, it forces you into action. So just go somewhere. Go on the internet right now if, you, if, you, if it's something you really want to do and just book a flight. You can work out when to, how to get time off work. You can work out your, your, your relationship, your, your payments, your, your bank statement, your money. You know, if you don't have enough money, you can work while you're there. Like, just go book a flight. Book a one-way flight right now. That's the only thing I'd say. Because that's what I did, and it just worked out. It's been incredible. That's exactly what I did as well. I think I booked this flight to the Philippines six or seven months ago, and uh-huh. that's always how I do it. It's like, I'm going to book a flight, yeah. and then I will worry out. about everything else, but I know I'm going, and, you know. Like, uh, even if you have, even happen. if you only just have enough money for the flight, it's in, like, three months, then that motivation will be there. Like, I need to get another job. Definitely. I need to work this overtime. I, I need, need to start saving the money to, and stop going out and doing I need to, things. like, not buy this beer and, you know, save that f- five pounds, yep. like, four pounds. I need to, you know, it, it falls into place and you make it happen because you have that goal. Yeah, it's often said that the first step is the hardest step, so solid advice. Book the ticket and just the rest will fall into place. All right, so what is your favorite must-have travel item, like something that you always need to make sure that you have when you're... It could be something new that you just found out from this bit of traveling you've done or anything. I have, like, multiple... Can I have Can I have a top three? You can have a top three. Let no, me have a top we got three. fucking rules here, man. <laughs> I asked you for one travel... Fuck, I, there's got to be no, three. Go right. ahead, top three. Um, for me, a big part of it is recording what I have. Okay. So I fucking love my GoPro, dude. My GoPro 7, the, the black GoPro 7. Shout out to GoPro. <laughs> like, they're not paying me yet. Um, that sh- that's just, I record everything and the footage is incredible and it allows me to keep my family in, you know, in, in contact when they see what I'm looking at and it records in such good quality and, and it's so stable. That it's, it's like almost exactly what I'm seeing with my own eyes, which I've never had before with a camera. Um, that thing's amazing. And all my friends can see it on Instagram, and my family can see it when I send it to them, and it's just incredible. And also, I can see it. I keep that on the hard drive in 30 years. Can you imagine showing, like, when my dad went traveling, he brought back 
very few photos, no, like, no video, nothing, and it's just, like, it's all in the stories, but I'll come back with 4K video. 4K video. That I could, sh- I could tell a story and show them, like, this is the person I was with, this is the, 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 where I was sleeping, the beach I was surfing on, the, the, you know, the cliff I jumped off, you know? Yep. So that's incredible for me. Um, a journal is my second item, it's the same, on the same vein, recording it, and, because when I went to Europe, I didn't keep a journal, and for that month, I forgot so many small details, so many small conversations that I had that, that were like pivotal for me. Like the amount of stuff that's happened to me that resulted from a single. Like I'm one of the reasons that I'm in the um, the Philippines is because some a girl I met on my very first day traveling in Austria tagged me in a post about El Nido because she comes from the Philippines and she said you need to go to El Nido and I looked at this like blue lagoon with a with a kayak in it. And I was like, I'm going to the Philippines, and I booked a month, fl- um, a month in the Philippines, because of a single conversation that I had. And if I'd forgotten that conversation, didn't have my, you know, like I didn't forget it. But if I had, I wouldn't be here sat with you right now. Like, yep. the butterfly effect is real. So my journal is very important to me. I, I plan lots of stuff in there, and I write about my memories. The third one is my sleeping bag, um, which allows me massive flexibility solo traveling because I, I always know that no matter what dumb shit I do. I'm not going to die, right? I can always get, like, I'm not going to freeze to death at night. So even, it allows me so much freedom because I'm never worrying about, like, you know, I'm not worrying about, shit, I haven't got stuff, but, like, worst case scenario, sleep in a fucking, like, I know this is stupid, but sleep in a train station, like, sleep in a, like, I I will never, I'm not going to die because I fucked up, you know? It allows me so much mental freedom. Uh, And I've done it before. I've ended up sleeping in train stations. I've slept... I know that's a bit wild. Like I know you most people wouldn't, do, wouldn't be into that. But like if you're really into the whole traveling idea, like you want to do it raw and, and like it gives you so much freedom. And if you if you sleep in a, in a ratty hostel with no no covers, it, it helps you out. So my sleeping bag is really important. For me. What kind of sleeping bag do you have? Uh, it's an ultralight, so it's like designed for Australia, like that sort of temperature. So okay. it's like it's not a thick one. So, but the countries I'm going to, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand gets a bit colder, so that okay. I might have to upgrade there. But Asia, I'm I'm here in like hot temperatures. Yeah, a lot of these places you want to be breathable. Like, like yeah, so it's like I'm always gonna have somewhere comfortable. It's not like a thick thermal winter one. If I, when I get to North America, I'm gonna have to upgrade and maybe New Zealand because I'm gonna be New Zealand's gonna be a bit colder. But um, yeah, so it's an ultra light. I'm not 100% sure on the brand, but it's it's a thin one, very lightweight for my backpack. Uh, it fits in there, super small, and. Um, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. Sweet. So, top three, you got GoPro, mm-hmm. journal, journal, and my sleeping and bag. Sleeping bag. A lot of people don't bring the sleeping bag. It's overlooked. Yeah. But you know. Well, again, like you said, if it packs in small, uh-huh. that's very useful. We travel with hammocks. Yeah. So it's Same concept, yeah. you know? Same, You've always got somewhere concept. to sleep. You're, you're never going to... Find a couple trees, unless there ain't no fucking trees. Never screw. got to find something. Uh, okay, so th- let's go. Favorite place that you've been thus far? Damn, that's tough. Yeah. The, the people... No, can I have two? I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> the people in Chargao made it incredible. But if I hadn't met those people, it would be a beautiful island, but it would just be one of a lot of beautiful islands that I've been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people there made that incredible. And you could have the same experience, but just in a different place. You could go to another island that I didn't go to or an island I went to, and you could meet that same group of people and have that same experience there. So... That was my favorite place, but that was because of the people. In terms of the landscape and just the actual experience, I think um, northern Vietnam, from Hanoi and north, 
Hanoi is an incredible city. Like it's really authentic Vietnamese culture mixed in with a bit of like neon lights. It's really really cool. The old Fuck quarter, yeah. uh, and then up to Hajang and stuff. That that was just the most incredible scenery. So I think for the the, the actual place itself, North Vietnam, but for the people that I met, my oh, favorite yeah. place is Chagall. But that's just because of the people. You know? Fuck yeah, people. A lot of people times, make a place. Yeah, people make the experience. You could go to a beautiful place and not meet anyone, or you could go to a so-so place and meet beautiful people. Exactly. And it's gonna and make like that so-so better. place would beat the the, the beautiful the place, beautiful yeah. place a hundred times over. Without a doubt. Okay, so to piggyback off that, what place are you looking forward to going the most from this point on out, and why? That's such a difficult question. So. One, a lot on your one list. thing that my dad always talked about every time he would tell stories is, is New Zealand, South Island, New Zealand. And he always said that he'd always go back. Um, and so that's sort of, that's very near the end of my trip. And so that's going to be incredible. I'm going to go all around the coast and I'm going to go up through the middle. There's lots of section hiking you c- I can do just for, like for a couple of days. Um, through And, you know, everyone knows that New Zealand has incredible um, landscapes and stuff. And hiking and camping, which is what I'm really into. So that's going to be incredible. I, can I ask for two? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then um, Alaska, because if I make it oh, to Alaska, yeah. that's like the ultimate goal of my trip. That I, I asked for that. Uh, and my in my my very first day, I set off. I wrote in my journal, "All roads lead to Alaska," and I posted on Instagram, "Bath to Alaska in fifty thousand kilometers in seven months." And if I make it, you know. Like, I do believe in myself that I will make it, but part of me is also sceptical that I, you know, I might have to tap out beforehand. Yeah. But if I, if I make it there, if I fucking step out of a ferry in Anchorage, uh, the, the feeling I will feel will be incredible. So those are yeah. two places, uh, New Zealand, South Island, and Anchorage. All right, so last question to wrap this up. This is probably the most important question of the entire podcast. How do you feel about using a bidet? Do you mean a bum gun? <laughs> yeah, a bum gun, whatever you want to call it. A butt spray, a bum gun, a fucking toilet hose. Fuck everything about that thing. If a toilet just has it, I'm not going in there. I'm oh, not walking, no. I'm, not, I'm not stepping over the threshold. <laughs> Fuck Everything about that contraption. Oh, you know my when you God. walk in, the, you walk in the toilet, and there's just fucking water all every wall, all over the <laughs> toilet seat, and you're just like, which fucking Neanderthal did this? I walk straight out. I'm not into that shit. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't do that. Okay, so <laughs> have you come across a contraption though where it has like, it's built into the toilet? No, that's in like Japan and like Taiwan and shit. No, we I have been one there. in our apartment. Oh really? Bought, he installed on the toilet so it doesn't get messy like the. I mean, the bum gun, the fucking yeah, spray yeah, yeah. hose is a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. obviously can't nah, seem dude, to get that I, right. I, I'm sure I'll be converted one day. Like when I we were in Bali, we stayed in the first place we stayed in. They had them installed on the toilets, and it was beautiful. Beautiful. Maybe I'll have to come to your apartment and try that shit out, and we'll see how it goes. But like at this point in my life, I'm not ready for. I'm not ready for that. That's, you know, that's something that that comes later I think same with like coffee you know yeah same concept alright well I mean I might have changed my opinion a little bit about you about that last uh, (laughs) on that last question but besides that appreciate you fucking taking the time and doing this podcast with us man real quick uh, how can people (coughs) how can people find you where can they follow you at so I'm mostly on Instagram 
Uh, it's at Joe Hewitt, J-O-E-H-E-W-E-T-T-T. I use that a little bit. I don't have so many followers, cause, so if you could follow me, that would be that would be fantastic. Fuck yeah, so throw him a follow. Uh, obviously, he's got a ton of adventures ahead of him. Plenty of amazing people to meet, experiences to have. So if you want to feel inspired, throw Joe a follow. And yeah, man, if best you have, of luck to you. If anyone has any questions about anything I've done, like uh, Europe, Asia, or I'm about to do Oceania in North America, or just traveling when you're 19 or traveling when you're 18, um, if anyone has any questions, I often send people itineraries. Like, I write that shit out like for eight weeks or whatever, like day oh, by yeah. day. I write that and I send that to people. I get lots of my friends asking me, like, you know, I'm going to this country, send me an itinerary. I'm more than happy to help you out. So just give me, just give me a message. Slide into his DMs, <laughs> folks. And uh, are you single, Joe? <laughs> I, I, I am. Fortunately, I am. It's not something. World trips, not something you can do when you're in a relationship. Not for a year. All right, so slide into his DMs, ladies. Anyways, again, appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, man. Thanks, brother. Good shit, bro. Cheers, bro. Cheers. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to throw Joe a follow. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with all the new episodes dropping. Also, do your boys a favor. If you enjoyed the podcast, go and leave us a rating. Say what's up in the comments. And if you have any questions, make sure to ask them. We'll try to address them on the next episode. And if you're not already, make sure to follow the Instagram account. Talk Travel, the number two, me podcast. All right, y'all. Much love and stay tuned. We should have a new podcast dropping every week. Peace.